Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. My name is Drew Creaseman. I'm your host, and this is going to be a quick one because I just want to cover this one very specific topic, and there's no reason to take up any more of your time than needs be. I'll do an extra podcast this week. That's not going to hurt anybody. The Colorado Rockies, it is being reported, have signed Ryan McMahon to a six-year, $70 million contract extension. For you math gurus at home, yes, that does mean that he is around for $11.6 million a year for the general foreseeable future. I mean, I guess a lot of us can foresee past six years, but in baseball, that's a long, long time. And so... I think there is a general consensus that this is actually a very good deal. For people in the know who know what Ryan McMahon is and has been about, even going back to his days as a prospect, I think this makes a lot of sense. For people looking at it from a certain kind of outside perspective, I've seen a lot of hesitancy. I've seen a lot of people wanting to put this into the category of Law Rockies, which is just very much does not belong. I've seen even a lot of the local people who are I will say, inclined to do that on occasion, uh, are not doing so with this. And so I think what everyone on the local scene more or less understands here is that Ryan McMahon has basically shown what his absolute floor is at this point, which is a very good defender, a very good all-around ball player, teammate, all the things that we know about there, right? And so $11.6 million a year is nowhere close to star money or, or superstar money. And we all know that Ryan McMahon has star potential. And so, you know, we again, we just came out of this CBA where, you know, there's all this talk. I could quite frankly argue that this is an unfair deal to Ryan McMahon. And this is the kinds of things that some players don't want too many other players to do because it is entirely possible. Like essentially, <laughs> let's start with the best case scenario, right? And then I'll get into some of the other sides of it. But if Ryan McMahon cuts down on the strikeouts just a little bit more and keeps his slugging consistent throughout the season, he's a superstar. That's it. Like he's already, again, he can't fall off on defense if last year's defense was a fluke. Okay, but I don't think it it was. It may have been a surprise to a lot of people. And look, I, I didn't think, you know, he was going to be that good but I always he's he's been a tremendous athlete for a very long time he was a shortstop in high school he was also a quarterback in high school again those of us who've gotten to know Ryan McMahon who've seen him play throughout the years know he's the total package he is one of those dudes he's been the best athlete on every team he's ever played on probably until he got to the majors right (laughs) just like and, and that was only just because like Trevor Story and a couple of these other guys were around Ryan McMahon is an, is an incredible athlete. A lot of times when we think of athleticism, one of the first things that comes to mind is like blazing speed. And that's maybe the one thing that he doesn't have that like, you know, Garrett Hampson, Sam Hilliard, Rymal Tapia top speed. But Ryan McMahon is a good runner. He's an above average base runner. He's a smart baseball player in every little facet of the game. He does all the little things right. Now, last season, he was arguably the most valuable defender in all of baseball according to defensive runs saved and defensive war and some of those fancy statistics and I oftentimes talk about how those don't tell the whole story but they tell a story and the story that they told about Ryan McMahon actually completely matched up with the eye test which was that at both 
third and second base, Ryan McMahon was as good a defender as you could find in baseball last year. He was absolutely tremendous. He was making ridiculous plays. And we also know, those of us that have been following him for a long time, that he's capable of doing that at first base as well. Now, we know the Rockies have C.J. Crone for now, but again, this is a six-year deal. So, I talked about it with Chris Bryant. It's also true here with Ryan McMahon about the versatility. You've got to remind yourself that he can play with very, very good defense, third, second, and first. They talked about maybe shortstop in a pinch. You know, I don't think he'd really struggle in left field for a game, you know, things like that. But you want him at third more often than not for now. But it's just nice to know. That's just another thing he can potentially do. He was a four-war player last year, according to baseball reference. Now, Fangraphs, which doesn't give as much credit for defense, only had him at two and a half. But basically, if you average those out, well, he was worth $11 million last year. So basically, if Ryan McMahon just maintains he's worth the contract that he just signed that not getting any better and ryan mcmahon is a gigantic ball of potential now it may seem a little bit strange because he's 27 years old and usually by this time especially for position players you know that potential has shown through a little bit more but the beginning parts of ryan mcmahon's career have been truncated for a number of reasons some of which are self-inflicted wounds by the Rockies. That is, uh, they were a bit uncertain with bringing him up in the first place during the Jeff Breidich years. And, the you know, they were competitive in 17 and 18. And so he didn't get a lot of playing time being stuck behind guys like Ian Desmond a lot of times. And that caused a lot of frustration and consternation amongst fans. And and for McMahon, it just meant that he didn't get as many opportunities and he, he didn't get as many chances to grow. And so it really wasn't until his age 24 season that he was given an regular at bats that he was able to play in 141 games that year. The first time he played over 100 games, uh, the most at bats he'd gotten the year before is 181 at bats, right? So, and then and then in 2019, 480. That's an enormous increase. So 2019, by all intents and purposes, despite the fact that it technically wasn't, was really his rookie season, and. Then 2020 happened, which, as you all recall, was a nightmare for everybody. And uh, and McMahon had a bad year. He had a bad pandemic season. It was only 52 games, but he just he did not play well. So right now he's coming into 2021 at age 26, and it feels like he should already have established himself, despite the fact that he's really only had his rookie season under his belt, because everything else was either weird and truncated because the Rockies were yo-yoing him back and forth from AAA to the big leagues in 17 and 18, or there was a global pandemic and everything got weird, not to mention everything that was going on with Nolan and Story and kind of the team that he was hoping to join and take to the next level was kind of falling apart around him. And now all of a sudden Ryan McMahon is being counted on, on 20 in 2020 to do some stuff. And he just, and he, and he couldn't get it done. All right. It wasn't good. But this last year, 2021 dramatically, decreases his strikeout rate still a little bit high still a little bit higher than you like to see it at 24.7 percent but that's league average and it's much further down than his 34 during the pandemic season and his 28 for his career so if he can keep it there maybe even improve that a little bit more take his walks and again find that 
more consistent power. He, he's kind of tapered off at the 24 home runs he hit in 2019, the 23 home runs he hit last year. He's absolutely capable of doing that more, but those things go together, right? Taking better at-bats and either taking your walk or finding your mistake and making sure that you absolutely punish it because his peripherals, all the things that you love to see out of a guy like exit velocity and hard hit rate and those kinds of things are all near elite levels in the game. So it really just is about can he make a bit more contact, a bit more consistently, make sure he's continuing to get the ball into the air. And, you know, last year he was basically a league average hitter, 98 OPS plus, a 95 WRC plus. We know those statistics tend to be pretty harsh on Rockies hitters. So he's right about league average, maybe even slightly above, depending on how much you buy into the hangover effect. And we don't have time to do all that right now. But a guy who's going to hit you 20-plus home runs, who's going to drive in runs if people can get on base around of him, who I think will benefit from a guy like Chris Bryant being in the lineup and maybe not having to to serve quite as important of a role. Though he's going to need to be big. Quite frankly, I, you know, I, I think at this point, uh, the chances that he ends up being one of these guys who's a $20 million-plus value is going to be getting paid $11 million. I think this is going to go down now. Anyone who's listened to me for a long time knows that I've been a, a believer in Ryan McMahon since I met him at 18 years old out in Grand Junction, Colorado, straight out of high school. And he's one of the most well put together, most engaged, most cerebral young players I've ever met. You know, when you're going out there, a lot of times those guys just not a lot of polish when you come straight out of high school and college and, and you're a ball player and you've never talked to the press before. And I totally understand that. Right. But uh, McMahon, it was like he'd, he'd been doing it forever. And he's it, it's all of the things that, that you want out of the intangibles. Right. So there's McMahon, the baseball player who is essentially this enormous defensive value who was either worth about four or two and a half wins, depending on where you <laughs> subscribe to your wins above average, you know, but he was clearly a tremendous asset on defense. And I've seen some people say like, well, he's not a good hitter. Like a league average hitter absolutely has value, especially when you bring that amount of defense, which is why both wins above replacement stats see him as a value over, over a replacement player and a decent one. But everyone is also in agreement that in order for McMahon to reach that full potential that a lot of us have seen for a very, very long time, that age 27 here, right in the middle of his physical prime, and he did just turn 27, uh, 97 days ago, as I'm speaking to you, baseball reference keeps that, by the way, in case you thought I was being super weird. Uh, it, it's just right there on baseball reference. But right in the middle of his prime, uh, without you know all this drama, this cloud of everything that had been hanging around the team now, he's got this new superstar into who wants to be there, who wants to be a leader. And I find this really interesting too, because, you know, and it's hard not to do when you're doing the comparison game to make it sound like you're putting down the one people over the other. But I was thinking about this a lot lately too, with Chris Bryant and the type of leadership. And I'm really curious to see, because I don't think the Rockies have ever had a leader like this, or certainly not one who was also clearly their best player, right? Let me give you some names. Todd Helton, Larry Walker, Troy Tulowitzki, Nolan Arenado. That, quite frankly, is almost inarguably the Rockies' Mount Rushmore, right? You could start getting creative after that, but those are certainly, by talent and numbers, the best players who have ever played for the Colorado Rockies. But none of those guys 
was a super charismatic, love talking to the media. Love, not that these like Bryant and McMahon, I, I doubt talking to the media is their favorite thing to do, but you wouldn't know that. If you were in the room, you would think it was. He tricks you like he's so engaging that, and you know, and I think very truly he doesn't hate it. I think he just enjoys the experience of all of it. He likes being a ball player. He likes being a major leaguer. He likes being in the clubhouse. He likes when the cameras come over and he gets to talk about baseball because he likes baseball. And you know, not everyone has that attitude. Not everyone needs to. And I try to cover everybody fairly regardless of what their attitude is. But it's hard not to talk to any reporter on the record or off the record, I'm telling you, ask any Rockies beat reporter and they will tell you what I'm telling you right now about Ryan McMahon and more. And I've heard the same stories about Chris Bryant. And I'm very curious to see what this clubhouse is going to be like because as phenomenal ball players as guys like Helton Walker, Tulo and Arenado were, uh, even Charlie Blackman throughout his career, and he's been very candid about, you know, I'm not a rah-rah guy. I'm not, you know, the big... You know, he, he can be very serious in interviews at times. He can be very silly in them if he knows that's what we're doing. But for the most part, he prefers, he you know, he takes his preparation and his work and all of those things very seriously. And it's not that these guys don't. They just know how to play this part of the game very, very well. And I'm curious to see what kind of impact that has because they're just... The, the attitude, the vocal charisma, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. A lot of the, is, is, you know, Walker and Helton and Tulo and Nolan all had their own types of charisma, but they didn't really have vocal charisma. And it's one thing for that to have an impact on the media, but that also has an impact on your teammates and on the people around you. And I know a lot of people like to believe that doesn't exist in baseball, but let, let's put that to the test again this year, at least. Let's, let's keep that in mind as a talking point throughout. So all told, Here's my kind of bottom line on the Ryan McMahon deal. If he continues to be what he has been, and and I don't mean the average for his career. I really do mean a league average bat because, again, if it, what are you going to say? He's Almost nobody just is what they were their rookie season, so I don't think it's fair to say, well, he's only going to be what he was in 2019 or in the campaign year. Almost every single person, even guys who did really well, need an asterisk for 2020. So you basically say, okay, if he can remain around a league average bat and continue to be, even if he's not the best defender in the league, if he's an excellent defender and a league average bat, then his contract is a very, very slight overpay. And you probably make up for it with all of the intangibles I was just talking about and all the things he's going to bring to your club and your clubhouse and making it a place where guys want to be. And even doing things like teaching younger players some of the, the tricks of the trade and all of those kinds of things. You know, It's been a while since the Rockies have had players that have done things like, like Camp Tulo was a long time ago, right? So stuff like that. But this is the interesting part. This is another long-term deal that suggests the Rockies really are trying to build both for right now and for the next several years, and that they're trying to do it behind a core, and they think that that's going to include Chris Bryant and Ryan McMahon. And I think that's really smart. And I think that getting a guy... I, I would. We were talking about this in uh, my Discord channel that I have for, for hardcore fans. Hit me up in the DMs if you're interested in the Discord channel. Uh, but I just wanted to give credit to the person who came up with it and basically said, this is what they should have done. There's a guy named Dan. said, this is what they should have done with Story. And that's exactly right. And you could have argued after Story's year a lot of similar things about like, like Story led uh, his sophomore year. He led the league in strikeouts. He was a below league average bat. He was a good defender. 
You know, he'd hit all those home runs his rookie year, but there was you could have thought, man, maybe the league has figured him out. You know, roughly same number of at-bats and stuff. But once he really started to show it, the Rockies should have locked him up early, and they didn't, and, and ended up in the situation they were. Uh, I would argue they should take a good long look at how, how much they believe in Brendan Rodgers. And I know it's even earlier in his career, but I would say if he has a good year this year, consider the same. Because now that they do have the Bryant deal, they're not going to be able to sign too many more of those. Or, or, or rather, Dick Monfort's not going to let Bill Schmidt sign too many more of those. And so what Bill Schmidt is going to need to do, he's going to want to continue to build around Bryant and McMahon as the guys as the core, right, is find a few more of those and have them pan out. Look, it's always a risk when you sign a guy a little bit based on potential. But the risk here is so low. If Ryan McMahon just doesn't pan out, uh, you know, as a superstar, he's at the very least going to be a good ball player who's worth six or seven million and you're paying him 11. And it's like, eh, but what he's worth in the clubhouse, is that really such a bad thing? Where the flip side of the coin is, of course, that the bat really does click in that he does become that all-star player that I've always believed he could be ever since I first met him all those years ago in Grand Junction back in 2013. I guess that's almost a decade ago now, isn't it? Goodness gracious. And, you know, he's, he's I think this is a fair deal, and I think it could end up being a steal for the Colorado Rockies, one of the better deals in baseball if McMahon comes what he's capable of becoming because, damn, is there some star potential there. He's got the real raw power. He, he, there's a, there's some longness in the swing. There's some loopiness in the swing. There always has been. But, God, if anyone has the drive and the thought process to be able to work through it and figure something out, it's this guy. So I think we're going to end up looking at this as a really, really good deal for the Colorado Rockies by the time it's all said and done. If not, worst case scenario, a great guy and a good ball player got paid a fair contract, and that is something we need to continue to celebrate in baseball because we're going to have to do all that CBA crap all over again, damn it. <laughs> so congratulations to Ryan McMahon, and in my estimation, well-earned. And uh, I saw also that there were some things in there where I actually saw, I thought this was a really interesting incentive. It's not really an incentive so much as a, there, there was a, John Heyman tweeted, there's a potential opt-out if Ryan McMahon... Uh, after a certain number of years, I, I forget, if he finishes top five in MVP voting. I thought, yeah, good, right, good. And you don't necessarily want him aiming for an opt-out to get out, right? But any notion that like, well, again, back to the CBA idea, like if he's that good, if he really does become that good, then maybe he has a chance to hit the free agent market and make even more money or the Rockies have to sign him to a bigger deal to, to make sure he doesn't take that opt out. Right. And I think that's totally fair. If he finishes top five MVP, what an interesting incentive to put in the guy's contract, huh? You never know. So thank you for listening. Like I said, a bit of a quicker one today, but uh, I'm hoping there'll be a lot more news going on with spring training and maybe more signings. I, I, I'd love to see at least one or two more. Sometimes they do these later in spring training veteran signings of relievers, probably nothing exciting, but 
get a couple more arms in that bullpen. I'll start talking about what we've been seeing out of spring training here and all that. Got some interviews for you on the horizon. So make sure you've got it tuned here to the Mile High Sports Podcast Network that you're following everybody on Twitter, Anilo, loving Anilo and Rich Kurtzman and Nate Lundy and everyone who's been a part of the family here at Mile High Sports for a long time who's really, really embraced me as a part of the team. And uh, so make sure you're reading all their stuff at milehighsports.com as well as my stuff at milehighsports.com. And other than that, just continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. You know I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.